Edwards pulls off and buries a three to get the Devils the lane for the first time. History in the making. It's over. Number one goes down in Tempe. Lover in trouble, steps away, cuts free, breaks loose, five, touchdown, Sun Devils. Woo! The snake does it again. This team won't die. You can cut a snake's head off, but he continues to live. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Sparky Talks, your podcast made by Devil Fans for Devil Fans. My name is Avery Vitell, and I'm joined as always by my good friend Caleb Braley. Caleb, how are we doing today? Doing terrific. Absolutely. We get to talk about a ASU win over Michigan State. We both didn't see this happening. No, no, we both picked against them. In Absol- fact, and by double digits, losing There too. is the video of Chase Lucas. <laughs> I felt pretty bad watching that video. Yeah, if you guys haven't seen it, it was, it was like Chase Lucas was heading to the locker room and someone tried to stop him to maybe, maybe like do an interview or something. And he basically told them to get out of his face because you guys picked us to lose. Like, not you guys, you guys picked us to lose. And I felt you know that it was directed at me <laughs> a little bit i thought he was kind of talking to us a little bit right there i'm glad we weren't the ones videoing that uh uh that little thing because yeah that was um i think it was meant for us like it, he, honestly i think it was meant for us <laughs> he, he definitely listened to this um but no caleb let's let's get right into it let's talk about this 10-7 win by the devils in east lansing i don't really know how they pulled it off but it's hey, it's a, it's a win. It was grimy. It was dirty. It didn't look pretty, but when the offense needed to work, they did. Yeah, you know something I never take into account when uh, my team is playing someone is I'm like, well, we got to do these things right, and and like hope that you know this doesn't happen, this doesn't happen, and I never take into account that the other team is going to do a lot of things wrong, or they could potentially play a bad game. Like I never consider that. Yeah. And uh, not that Arizona State didn't play a good game, but I would definitely say Michigan State played a bad game. Yeah, I, I would. Uh, I'd agree with that. Their offense was definitely lack- lackluster. Lewerke, their quarterback, was not very accurate. Uh, he had that fumble on his scramble play that helped us out. Uh, they were driving that play early in the second quarter, I believe. Um, kicker needs to retire right now. Yeah. I mean, I'd say they played a similar game to what Arizona State had, except I think Arizona State's offense struggled more due to play calling. Um, a little and, bit. And Michigan State's, it was, uh, I, I, you know, some, some their quarterback, and uh, I don't know, maybe just personnel. I don't quite know. But Arizona State also played great defense. Michigan State played great defense, uh, two really good defenses. I was surprised at the end of the game, though. One of the announcers had the nerve to say Michigan State may have the best defense in the country when Arizona State's defense clearly stood out in that game as, like, the – yeah, that, that announcer said that m- multiple times, like more than five. It's like, this is probably the best defense in the nation. Yeah, and, and by the end of the game... I, I, it was I, good. It's like, I mean, yeah, it was good, but also uh, their defensive play calling made no sense on Arizona State's like two-minute drive. Oh, like, yeah. It, that made no sense. Like, they gave Jaden Daniels all the room in the there, world to run. There was no linebacker just watching them. They would both 
seemingly either blitz or fall back into cover coverage, leaving the entire middle of the field completely open for him to just run for those first downs. I couldn't believe it was, what, like 4th and 13? It was. It was 4th yeah. and 13. And he ran. He just scrambled. They, they just, he got Everyone it. went deep downfield, and like there was no one to stop him. Just stepped up and ran. It was, I, I, I mean, it's a total breakdown on defense. It, good play by Jaden Daniels. He was honestly great. Like, on oh the, my gosh! And yeah, let's talk about him for a second, and just how poised he was down that stretch. Yeah. Because all game, you, you, I mean, not to say you know we're kind of harping on that announcer. You know, Michigan State's probably not the best defense, but it was really good, and they were shutting down the Devils. Um, and we'll, I want to get into play calling in a little bit. But let's focus on Jane Daniels and just how, you know, all game it was he was getting shut down and shut down. But when he got the ball back with those two and a half, three minutes, and it, it was this or nothing, he was able to manufacture something. Yeah, I mean, there were a couple throws he missed during the game. I, I remember there was at least one where I said, ah, that was really bad, or that could have been really bad. Yeah. For the most part, he made as good of throws as he could have made. Michigan State was covering well down the field, and... He was getting pressure just about every play um, for the most part, but he was really good, yeah. especially the two-minute uh, – yeah, we'll, we'll get into the play calling. But on the two-minute drill, I kind of saw, well, this is what could be working. Um, you know, They could be a little more up-tempo than they are. They could take some risks and go for bigger plays, and he showed that he was capable of doing that. He also had to deal with like a couple drops. Yeah, um, and they were one was a really bad drop. Um, yeah, Ayuk Ayuk yeah. dropped one on a uh, um, a crossing route over the middle that hurt. Um, Frank Darby let one slip right through his hands and hit him in the oh, chest in the end zone. That yeah. was going to be the touchdown. At first, it looked like it was well defended, which it was well defended, it was, but, but the ball the, was in the perfect spot, it totally was. catchable. And, yeah, yeah. So just missed it, and he ended up doing it all with his legs. And you know, I'm probably going to start calling him i started calling him tea party during the game because he's so conservative <laughs> when he's running it's he just goes for the first down and then he runs out it's like there's all those runs the fourth and 13 one he could have gotten a little bit more out of it the run to get the the first down to the uh the two yard line it was it looked like he could have cut back and jumped him you know leap for the end zone and but nope he was just totally satisfactory yeah. with just getting the first one, which is nothing wrong with that. It was just like, because now it's, okay, we're on the two, just give the ball to Eno, he's going to get the touchdown, but he doesn't act like an 18-year-old. It's, no, he it's seems crazy. to have a perfect understanding of clock and, and score, and, yeah. uh, and, and uh, he knows exactly where he needs to get, basically. He knows, I can run out of bounds here, and it'll be like third and two, we'll be okay, yeah. or... Um, I got the first down. I'm just gonna go down right now, right? Because you know there may be someone coming to hit me that I don't see. You know he he which, goes down when he needs to, which is probably good because he is a smaller quarterback. And I, you know, what I said is it gives you a bigger chance of getting hurt, especially down you know six, seven, eight games down the line. And yeah, I'm completely fine with him just grabbing first downs and not trying to hurt himself. Like, don't guys at home don't think I'm wanting him to become Cam Newton um, three years ago. Because now look at Cam Newton. He's 
Yeah, it's it, most people's bodies can't take it. Robert Griffin III it just tore his body to pieces. Cam Newton, yeah. Tim Tebow. Well, Tim Tebow was never an elite passer in the first place. But no. even Baker Mayfield, they're saying like he's 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 not a running quarterback, but he thinks he is, and he's taking too many hits. And uh, you know, yeah. ho- hopefully he picks up his game too. But whatever. It, I mean, it's just yeah, it, you can't, it it can't be sustained. You can't take that many hits and and have that sustained. Um, over a long career you gotta you gotta protect yourself yeah all right well let's let's get into the play calling a little bit so i've had a few days to cool off but during the game i was i I was texting you during it and was just like good lord this play calling just makes absolutely no sense eno didn't have a touch with the running game until midway through the second quarter which was just mind-blowing right but now i i've kind of cooled off on it and so let's kind of disagree here. So I know you didn't like it. I've kind of fallen back to where I'm kind of lukewarm about it. I don't hate it. I didn't love it, but I understand it. And so I, with not really running the ball in the first quarter, you know Michigan State, they so far have the number one rush defense this year. And with a banged up offensive line, you're not going to probably find that many gaps there to run into. And so what did they kind of fall into? It was just quick passes, a little air raid style just get the ball out quickly, see if that works. And it did have a little bit of success. Not a lot, because we only got three points out of it. But it was there. Um, okay, what are your thoughts on it? I just thought it was... Uh, it, it was. I missed the first quarter of the game. I, so that, that one I kind of just had to watch highlights of and, and catch up on. Uh, luckily, I got off work early. I was able to see the rest of the game. But it was mainly the second half that uh, up until like the last drive or two from them I think just the last drive basically but I thought it was just they played it so safe on offense and I get it you don't want to turn it over but there was a time I think they fielded it at around the 10 yard line and they ran basically the same running play three times in a row and that's what I don't like about Likens is he gets into this rut sometimes with play calling and what bugs me so like it just absolutely kills me is We'll go into the Sparky formation on like a third and four or whatever. Uh-huh. It works. You know, we get six yards out of it. What do we do again? We're right back into the... No, you can't run the Sparky again. It just worked for you. Now they know it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> you can't run it two times in a row. And on that one, it was like they ran it on first down and got stuffed at the line. It was a loss of yards. And they ran it again and got stuffed. And then they ran it on third down. They got some yards. And it's almost like when you're doing rock, paper, scissors, two out of three. And you do, like, scissors three times in a row. Or, like, the first time it was a draw. Next time you lose and you're like, oh, they won't be seeing scissors coming again. It's like, well, yeah. Yeah. But you just did scissors three times in a row. Now you can't do scissors again because you're punting it. Yeah. And on the – not their last drive, but their second to last drive, when it was third and 13 from, like, their 38, 40-yard line. And it was a run play. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, well, like, everybody on social media was screaming the entire game, run Eno, run Eno, and I'm just thinking Rob Lankins has his phone right there. Okay, we're going to run Eno here. Yeah. You're going to like it. No, not on 3rd and 13. <laughs> what do you think's going to happen? Yeah, oh. so there were just points where, and I thought in the two-minute uh, drive, I said, oh, well, they're taking shots downfield, and uh, it was like their first or second play, Jaden Daniels had a big completion downfield, and I said, he's capable of making these throws, 
And I, I just think there's not quite enough. Maybe it's not enough trust in the offensive line to protect him for him to make those deep throws as part of it. So they just want a bunch yeah. of quick, short passes, a bunch of uh, you know handoffs, and, and and so if it's a matter of protection, then I guess I can understand that. But uh, I mean, he had he he was able to have some time on that last drive to make some throws down the field, yeah. and and he made the throws. Um, there there was the, the Darby drop in the end zone, but the the IU play down the field was, yeah. was huge. And if he does throw that ball a little bit better, it's a touchdown. Yeah, but again, that, I, I don't, we're going I don't into think the, he was expecting him to work. get the separation he did. He, exactly, yes. It, it was supposed to be more of a fade than it was just a dart. Yeah, I mean, his um, defender fell over. He did, it, it, yeah. That's a perfect sideline throw if he has his defender like, right on, on his him. shoulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And, he's, and he's, yeah, he's predicting that he's going to be covered and... Yeah, and instead it was like one of the greatest moves I've seen. <laughs> it was like, oh you know, Del Beckham style, like, yeah. you know, it was, uh, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, and one thing with the offensive line, I love the move to take Cole Cabral, take him from left tackle, move him back to center. Mm-hmm. That was it. It really shored up the line a little bit because that's our All American at center. He's up for all of these awards um, yeah. preseason for being center. I never understood the move when um, our other guy got hurt when um, uh, I forget his name, but our left tackle. Uh, broke his foot that we would move Cole over there. That didn't make any sense to me. You know, I know you have a couple other freshmen, but when you have a senior in the middle, that now communication can be a lot better. Instead of you screaming from all the way on the left side of the line, now you're in the middle, you can move all around that. It seemed to be a lot better. And from what uh, Herm Edwards and Rob Likens have said in press conferences after the game, they're going to keep it that way, which I agree with. It's it's going to make the line not great, but it's going to shore it up a little bit. Yeah, there were there were points in the game where I thought the line was bad, and then I took into account, well, it's really, it, is, it is Michigan State. Right, it's big boy football. And it, they looked about the same as they did against, like, Kent State. Yeah. And so, for you me— You know it's, it's, a, it's performing it's a little bit better. It's an improvement if, yeah. if their offensive line is looking about the same level as it was against, uh, basically, D2 school. I mean, yeah. That's it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, anything else really want to talk about with that game? Um, One biggest well, thing with me. Okay, I'm going to cut you off here. Biggest thing with me with this game was it didn't seem like we were playing Pac-12 football. No. It seemed, and I texted a lot of my, my buddies from college afterwards. I'm like, we just graduated from the Pac-12 into the Big Ten. Michigan State's out. All right, we are now a part of the Big Ten because it felt like a different caliber game. It wasn't spread it out, score a lot of points. Defense is kind of irrelevant. It was a grueling, you know, bare knuckle game. It was it was kind of fun to watch. The De- I haven't seen the Devils play this kind of game in a while, and it would never have happened under Todd Graham ever. No, that was that was interesting, and it made made me feel really good about um, the style of play that we're starting to see here. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it before. We're Herm Edwards' style. We have been in every single game. And he kept us in this game. Yeah, it's a game we could have lost. I mean, you think of how yeah, little I mean, we scored. It was 7-3. to three, It's 4th and 13 with a buck 15 left. And At that point in the game, I, w- I would like to see where ESPN had us percentage-wise of winning that game. It couldn't have been much. Yeah, I mean, I think they didn't score till the fourth quarter, right? 
Um, no, Michigan State. Yeah, yeah, they scored in the fourth quarter. Yeah, because yeah. there was the there was the stat that ASU right. and Wisconsin are the only, only two teams, teams that haven't allowed any points to the first three first quarters. three quarters. Now, yeah. I mean, granted, the first two matchups for Arizona, Arizona State were Sacramento State and Kent State, but they're still impressive. I mean, there's still teams that can put up points. Sac State put up 50 in their third game. They put up 77 in their first game. So their offense doesn't suck. No, no. So that's a pretty clear indicator to me. It and I see. It, I, I saw a lot of Michigan State fans where uh, on on Twitter reacting, where it's like, oh, it was coaching that lost the game. Like, where are the better? It was just bad coaching. And then I saw one person blame the refs. Of all the negative tweets, only one Michigan State fan blamed the refs because. They got penalized a lot, but every single penalty, I said, no, this is a fair penalty. Yeah. Like, and the only argument you could make is they were saying on the last play, their Arizona State guy jumped the line. Yeah, and I don't like how the – now, Pac-12, you come out, like you've made all these mistakes in games beforehand. Yeah. And a non-conference game is where you draw the line. Yeah. And you create controversy where there really wasn't that many. And it wasn't like – um, our defender, I forget who it was, our defender got a, a running start and then jumped over their center. He was, I, I went back and watched, he was just kind of creeping up. He was just slowly walking. It didn't, it, and where there, there's a little bit of gray areas that he didn't really come to a stop. Yeah. But it wasn't like he was running into it, which is the penalty. It's, he was just kind of slowly creeping up and then once he, once it snapped, then he jumped over. It was... It was, um, it, I think it was a good no call. And of course now everybody's coming out. And then I saw all these things like, oh, well, Michigan State would have won it in overtime. Like, and one guy quoted it and said, yeah, the, the team with the worst kicker usually is the team that wins in overtime. Like, <laughs> yeah, of course. Is, because even it, if they had another kick. Right, he's 0 for 3 already. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he made the one when there were obviously 12 men on the field. I remember, <laughs> I, I thought their whole football team was on the field for that kick. It is amazing what one extra guy can do where they, they had one extra guy in the field and I was sitting there going, oh my gosh, is their whole team there? So that's my question. And neither of us have ever played football before, so we don't know. But I'm assuming on your kicking crew, there's 11 that always go out for the kicking crew. What's that 12th guy thinking? Oh, I'm not usually supposed to be out for this snap, but I, you know what? It looks okay. I'm going to stand right here. What is he thinking? You know, <laughs> I'm reminded of this time in elementary school. It was a student council thing we were doing. Uh, it was like me and three other people in student council were supposed to do this presentation. Oh, I remember And some this. random kid is on <laughs> the stage with us. And it's like, you got to know you weren't supposed to be up here, right? <laughs> I know exactly what you're thinking about. Yes. <laughs> now, okay, yeah, and yeah, we haven't played. We haven't played uh, organized football, so we know. You know, maybe there are different combinations they put out there, right. but I, I kind of feel like there's usually the same eleven guys, yeah. right? It's not like a wide receiver core where we have. All right, well, you wide receivers are on the field for this one. We're not. It's it's not. You have your. I'm assuming you have your <laughs> nine on the line. That always are there. You have your uh, your placeholder and your kicker. That makes it super simple to me. And you would never need it or feel a need to. Are there twelve men on the field? No, there's only eleven because we only th send eleven. Maybe a out. guy right now thinking like, I'm just gonna kick it for him. <laughs> and then yeah, he's like, I'm just gonna line up and hope they don't notice. <laughs> and it's funny because the 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 uh, commentators on the TV had trouble counting all of them and. 
I was watching the game and I counted I'm like, no, there's only 11. No, there's 12. And then I counted again. No, there's 11. All right, yeah, we're you all know, football fans because math isn't our strong point. You know when you're counting and you're counting with your finger and somehow you get behind by one? And all of a sudden, the end, he's like, one, two, three, four, Ooh. five, six. And then, like, he goes through and at the end, he's like, 11. Like, so there's just 11. He's like, no, no there's 12. 12. No, there's only 12. It's like, I've been, I've been there, man. I mean, I, you know, I want to rail on the commentators because I've been there. I've been there. but uh. Yeah, I mean, if you send 12 people on for a kicking crew, you don't. You're, you're not allowed to win that game. That's such a biff. My favorite was is. the look on Mark D'Antonio's face. Like, whoa, like looking at the ref like he just got robbed. It's like, dude, dude there were you, 12 guys on the field. There might have been 13. I mean, we just can't count. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. There's a reason I gave up on my accounting degree. That basic exactly. math stuff is... <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, but, yeah, I, a crazy into that game. But we didn't see it caught. I mean... I remember watching their last drive and just thinking, you know, I want them to win, but it's okay if we lose at this point because it's been so highly contested. And it's it's a you got seventy thousand Michigan State fans screaming in your ear right now. You're playing on the road against a, a pretty good you, you know, and you can say what you want about Michigan State, but I would I would categorize them in the pretty good um, kind of area and. For you to be able to pull out that, I mean, like that was such a good feeling to see that team win. Yeah, it was. It was, it was a huge win. I it mean, what? Because last year, last year was awesome, and I mean, it was, it was just a, a great game. This year, we were really just unsure if they would. I, I guess last year there was some uncertainty, and that was the game where everyone said, "Hey, maybe Herm Edwards is the real deal." Yeah. This year was just the question of like, I, I'm kind of sold on Herm, but is this team compete? the real? Can this yeah. team compete? And we found out that we can, which is awesome. Yeah, I, I was, I'm, I'm blown away. That, that defense is so good. Yeah. And the, yeah. the thing is, like, no matter how good your defense is, though, if your offense doesn't put up points, your defense will give up a touchdown by the fourth quarter. Right. It always happens. And, um, like, every single hard-nosed defensive game I see, one defense cracks by the fourth quarter. And uh, and then your offense has to respond, and thankfully they did. They did. So and yeah. I think I think each game our offense is going to find its footing a little bit better, but it's it's really nice to say that our defense we don't have to worry about that. You know that's going to keep us in these games. It's just we got to find an ad- an identity with with our offense, which I I still believe we need to. It still needs to find itself a little bit. You know what else? Herm Edwards had said um, after the game. I think it was like twenty seven or twenty eight freshmen. Twenty eight. Yeah, twenty eight yeah. freshmen. Twenty eight. True freshman and retro freshman played. Is that not a testament to how good his recruiting is? I would agree. Like, my gosh. I, I mean, because I, I, there were seniors that played good games, I'm sure, but the guys making the biggest plays were the guys Our that fresh, are the yeah. newer players. Jaden Daniels is making huge and, plays. And what's even better, I think, is, and it's a testament to this coaching staff, is we're not bringing in a lot of four and five star recruits. There are a lot, majority of them are three stars. So that just tells you the the development that th- this coaching staff can put into these freshmen really quickly. Yeah. And because a lot of the time, you know, that's what, you know, I saw a stat um, last, uh, last week, Florida State played Virginia. Virginia won that game. Florida State had... I forget the exact number, but I th- it was around 38 four- and five-star recruits on their roster. Virginia has one. 
So it's not about what star you are coming out of high school. It's what the what your coaching staff does with you once you get to school. Yeah. And it's that's just a testament to this staff and, and what they can do with these freshmen right out of the gate. Yeah, awesome. I think it's great coaching and also great scouting. Some three stars are good enough to be four stars, Absolutely. maybe and it's, five stars. And yeah, and it's ratings are all subjective. You know, yeah. some guys get lowballed and. That's just how it and is. Sometimes, sometimes you're playing in a good high school system. Sometimes right. the opponents you're playing make you look better than you are. I mean, it happens all yeah. the time. It happens from college to the NFL. Uh, I mean, it's just how it is. Sometimes you're just in the right environment and you get to the next setting and it's not a good environment. So it's good on them for knowing how these guys will fit and how coachable they'll be and how well they can play at the college level. I mean, I think it's a testament to scouting and to coaching and – uh, I mean, it's just awesome to see. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I would never have thought a year and a half ago when we hired Herm Edwards that between Kevin Sumlin down in Tucson and Chip Kelly out in L.A. that Herm Edwards would be the really rock star out of those three right now. Yeah, I thought both Sumlin and, I know and I Chip s- Kelly would be really good yeah. for those programs. And I mentioned this last episode, but this is why fans don't, make the decisions on coaches because they don't know everything. And obviously Ray, Ray Anderson saw something in what Herm was going to bring to the table because it's working out right now really well. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, yeah. And I think the the jury's still out on Kevin Sumlin, but at yeah. this point, Chip Kelly, he's out, man. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's not looking great over there. And I would say, yeah, I think Kevin Sumlin got a bad deal um, with what he had yeah. starting out with at U of A. I think... Not quite his personnel, right? Exactly, and so we get we got to see where where it ends up. But um, well, okay, let's talk about uh, jerseys from last game. So for you guys at home, a little review: what the the first away game for the Devils. So we wore gold bottoms, a uh, uh, your traditional white jersey, and a white yes white helmet, gold face mask, and a gold. Um, Pitch, large pitch, pitchfork that goes across the right side with uh, maroon matching numbers from the jersey on the left side of the helmet. What would you rate them 0 out of 10? I'd give them an 8. Okay, I'm right there with you. I was going to go somewhere between 7.5 because I don't love away jerseys. But for an away jersey, they, were, they look solid. They look really good. Very, very clean. Very um, The whole look uh, looked um, co- cohesive. Um, numbers matching on the helmets and jerseys was a good touch. Uh, we wore this uh, jersey combo against San Diego State last year, but one change that we had was a gold face mask instead of a white face mask, and I thought that was a good touch. Um, matched a little bit better with the pants. Yeah, I, I'm loving what the, the equipment staff is doing with the team right now. I'm excited to see what we bring uh, for this coming game. We'll see. But um, for an away jersey, I really like them. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I like them a lot. I think week one is my favorite at this okay. point. I I still like week two better. Uh, the all maroon jersey. I, again, you guys know I uh, sucker for everything maroon. Uh, so I like those. But yeah, for an away jersey, this one's gonna be hard to beat. We'll see. Yeah. But um. Okay. Well, now that our non-conference schedule is over, Caleb and majority of everyone around the nation is now starting to play teams in their conference. We have a, a pretty good feel about these teams. So let's go ahead. Let's pick, uh, let's hard pick winners for the Pac 12 North, winners for the Pac 12 South. 
and then an overall champion that is hopefully going to be picked for the college football playoff. But again, we'll we'll see about that. But um, I'll ask you first. Who do you got for the North? North. Um, so. I didn't have them ranked as my number one team last week in the North, but at this point, I'm just thinking that they... I, I don't know, because I want to say Washington. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I just I haven't seen enough from them to know that they are okay. that good. I, I have a lot of faith in Chris Peterson as a coach, but I think at this point, I'm going to go with Oregon. Yeah, I'm going with Oregon, too. I think there's too many threats on that offense. The defense is good enough. Um, yeah, Justin Herbert, it's hard to pick against him. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's the offense is the selling point for me. Washington doesn't have much of an offense. Right. And, uh, I mean, it was okay last year. And when Chris Peterson's your coach and you're struggling to put up tons of points, it's kind of a concern because he's a pretty good offensive uh, yeah. mind. He's always got great defenses, but his offenses have always been pretty creative and uh, – so if you aren't putting points up, that shows me that there's a lack in talent on the offense. So yeah, I got to go with Oregon. Okay. All right. Well, for the South, uh, I'm picking Utah. It's hard to pick against them. They're the most well-rounded team, in my opinion, uh, between defense and offense. Um, just overall, that's who I got. Or who are you going with? Yeah, I'm also going with Utah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm going with Utah. I I, I think. They they had the easiest uh, non conference schedule. Um, they have a pretty they they have a pretty easy conference schedule too. There's no real big matchups that they're gonna have to play. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty easy road to that Pac twelve championship game. Though I will say that that BYU win looks more impressive now than absolutely. It did. Yeah, like, I, I'm still not totally sold on on it as a great win. Uh, we'll I mean, see. We'll we'll definitely know more after this weekend when they yeah. play Washington. Yeah. Um, okay, so we have both both teams the same for each of us. Who's winning the Pac-12? Who are we sending to the playoff? Um, you know. <laughs> I say Oregon, but I don't think they'll go to the playoff. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I okay, don't know. Okay, we're going to open up a can of worms here. So who are you sending to the playoff then? <sighs> who are your Gosh. four teams? That's a good question. Um, Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma. Yeah. And as far as the fourth team goes, uh, I don't know. Could be Auburn. Could be – I guess it's it's possible there's a second SEC team. It's it could always be possible. Auburn, so. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I just... But then you have the Big Ten, too. You have yeah, Ohio I, State, who's probably going to run the tables. I just oh, have a boy. hard time seeing a Pac-12 school. As long as it's a four-team playoff... It's tough to pick the Pac-12 it, team. Yeah. As, um, a, as great as this conference now is, we have six teams in the top 25 yeah, if it, this week. Now, if this was still the Pac-10, then sure. But it's the Pac-12. You know, there's two more teams. Like, I just feel like... There's more chance of having a two-loss season and being a great yeah. team. And there's always going to be an undefeated team. Or there's usually an undefeated team. And then there's going to be some one-loss teams. Or they would absolutely put a two-loss Alabama in ahead of a two-loss Oregon. Or a two-loss Auburn in over a two-loss Oregon. I mean, that's kind of just how they, it's how they run yeah. it. So uh, I'm, I'm also going to pick Oregon. But let's. I'm going to ask you a question here. If Utah goes undefeated, beats Oregon, so they're undefeated, do they get picked? 
Well, they should. They should. They they yeah. have to. There's a precedent they, being they set there. They would have there. to. Yeah. Okay. So what happens for one loss? One loss. Well, uh, a one loss Pac-12 championship team. If it's a one loss Oregon. Yeah. But let look. If it's a one loss Oregon and they're going against, uh, let's say, uh, let's say Auburn is a two loss team, but they win the SEC championship. Oh my God! There's so many. Uh, uh, I, I, right, I, because Auburn beat Oregon, so you have to throw that in there. And, and and so in the end, they'll just be like, well, you know, and Auburn won their championship. Yeah, they have two losses, but they they won the championship game. And so. then Notre Dame's that annoying cousin that comes over for Thanksgiving and eats all the food. Yeah. Yeah. She's. Because they just throw a wrench there's, in everything. Yeah, there's there's so much that could happen, and so it's so stacked against. Well, I want to say it's like rigged against the Pac-12, but the 14 playoff is certainly not beneficial because absolutely not. Um, you know, they go off of recent history and they say, well, the SEC yeah. has done pretty well, even though. Uh, <laughs> Alabama's uh, bowl game uh, record has not been that impressive over the last few years. They're no. they're like right at five hundred, so it's not like they just dominate. Right, but you know Alabama's going. But it's Alabama, yeah. You know Clem- Clemson's not playing a single other team this entire season. They're going to go undefeated. Yeah, they don't look as good as last year. No, Trevor, they... there's a little worry in Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, He's I don't know what's going I on. I feel like he'll figure it out. Yeah, um, but... it's it's concerning to say the least. But um, so a lot of yeah. things have to go right um, for there yes, to be a, a one a, a, like a one loss Pac-12 team. They still have to have some things go right. A two-loss Pac-12 team, they have to have a lot of things go right. So Absolutely, yeah. Well, I guess we'll see. Yeah. I mean, hoping for the best. But. Yeah, but it's it's tough when there's five conference, five big conferences and only four spots. Yeah. That's what's tough. But um, Okay, well, let's go down the, uh, the week of matchups in the Pac-12 here before we get to ASU Colorado. Um, we'll kind of do this the same way we did the rankings last year or not last year but last week yeah um we'll go three two one and then say who we got so first game cal versus ole miss cal has to go to mississippi to play this game um all right so say your say your team in three two one cal Cal. all right cool all right so i I wanted to say ole miss but i'm like no i'm not picking against cal at this point i don't know how good they are they might be good they might be okay yeah i don't Agree with their ranking being better than ASU. They're they're ranked number twenty three right now. Uh, the Devils are ranked twenty four. Yeah. I don't love what I've seen out of Cal, especially you know they do beat Washington in that weird after midnight game, but their two other wins aren't great. They played North Northern Texas uh, last week. They jumped out to a uh, a three score lead, but then kind of let them back in the game at the end of the game. I I don't know. Yeah. But um. Yeah, it'll be tough, you know, always playing a road SEC team, that's a tough matchup. But, yeah, hoping for Cal. Yeah. All right, next game, Washington at BYU, 3-2-1, Washington. Okay. Yeah, I've I've seen BYU's games so far. I've seen them all. The USC one, they kind of lucked out. There were a few 50-50 calls that went in their favor. And so, I don't know, to me – I don't. I'm not sold on them as a good team yet. I think they're a competitive team, but I in yeah. a close game against Washington, my my money's on Chris Peterson winning out that game. Yeah, and I think a little bit of my heart is pulling is will help me pick Washington just because they've already lost one. I want them to be competitive. I don't want them to see a, a you know be two losses this early in the season. Um, yeah. Okay. 
This one's going to be an easy one. Oregon at Stanford, 3-2-1. Oregon. Oregon. Stanford just looks bleh. Especially without their quarterback, it's, uh, yeah. yeah. And their defense doesn't look good. Their defense uh, is bad. I think Stanford's going to be hard-pressed to win six games this year. Hot take alert. Yeah, they they I, I think uh, we weren't sure what you know. There's the top tier, mid tier, yeah. and like bottom tier, and we had them in our mid tier. I think they're in the bottom they're tier. Bottom this tier point. now, yeah. They're like on U of A's level. Uh, yeah. um, I think Just they're above. Say, they're but... above UCLA and Oregon State. Uh, so they're like yeah. kind of in that category between okay and not good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Another another bad matchup. UCLA at Washington State. Three, two, one. Washington, Washington State. State. Yeah, uh, 0-4 for Chip Kelly down in Los Angeles. This is uh, I, no I, good. I heard someone refer to uh, it as the innovators' curse, which I kind of I referenced Ooh. to last week with Chip Kelly, where I said, "Well, people kind of caught up to him." And there's some guys where they're innovators, and then everyone kind of catches up, and then they don't bring anything new, and so they're outlasted. And so you gotta. You kind of have, you know, he might find himself somewhere else because you look at guys like Andy Reid. That's kind of what happened to him, and then he kind of refound yeah. uh, his coaching. And then Mike D'Antoni in the NBA, the same. I feel like Mike D'Antoni and Andy Reid are the same uh, person, uh, except for um, body mass and just and sport. <laughs> and we're using this joke again. Today. No, no, no. It's just <laughs> like because they look nothing alike, is what right. I'm saying. Okay. I mean, they, uh, they look enough. nothing we'll alike. So yeah. Um, <laughs> No, I mean, you know, it's 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 honestly kind of like BlackBerry back in the day. You know, they they innovated at first, brought something new to the table, and then once the iPhone came out, those smartphones, they weren't able to to keep that lead, and now BlackBerry's gone. Might be what's happening to Chip Kelly here. Yeah, so you know, he's got a. I think he loses this job, and I think he gets another job, and he might find himself again there and find a new thing. Yeah. But, even watching UCLA, it doesn't even look like it what he tried. It doesn't look like Chip it's Kelly's like the anti. It, it's like and I don't know if I haven't dug deep into their roster and stuff. Maybe this is still not his what his personnel is wanting to be. But a bunch of Oregon fans were saying he wasn't a good recruiter at Oregon either, and and that surprised me because though. I said, well, he had such a good yeah. run there. It wasn't just like a two year run. And I, I checked their rankings for uh, recruiting for next year. Bottom half of the Pac-12 again. I think they're number yeah, ten. Yeah, they again. said uh, everyone said he doesn't even try in recruiting. Like that's, he never like goes outside of like his city basically to recruit. And, gee, and that's tough when you have USC. I think in the part same of the city. appeal for Oregon is there. It was like the most competitive team in the in the Northwest, mm -hmm. and it's Oregon. They had all the Nike yeah. stuff going. You the had Nike kids that one. You, you didn't have to go out to the kids. The kids came to you. Yeah, you know, they knew they'd have like 50 different uniform combinations and yeah. uh, and they would think that would make them good. And so, yeah, it, was, it so, worked, but... Yeah, not so much anymore. All right, Utah at USC. Who you got? Three, two, one, USC. USC. Oh my God, I was going to... Okay, see, I thought it was going to be different than you on this one. No, I, I... Well, maybe I'm just pulling for USC in this one, but uh, no, I think they... Utah hasn't won in the Coliseum in like 10 years or something. Something of that fact. I don't know the exact stat, but it's upward. It's years. This this could be one of their tougher games of the year. I mean, I, on the road against USC, and Bouncing USC's up. got a very West Coast, like vertical offense. Don't um, really know what to expect out of them. They're coming off a loss and could be highly motivated. Yeah, yeah. they. I mean, they yeah. could. They could. 
just collapse or they could play a really good game. I kind of lean towards them playing a good game, especially playing in front of their fans yeah. uh, against a conference opponent. Um, yeah, primetime game. You know, the Coliseum probably going to be pretty packed. It's going to yeah. be a tough situation for Utah. Yeah, I'm, I'm leaning. That's like my upset of the week. That's really our only upset that we picked. So Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's something you can't pick an upset on UCLA, Washington State. You're not, so, yeah. yeah. God, I want to know what the. Uh, or Oregon, Stanford. Come yeah. on. That's tough. Okay. Well, let's get into the preview of ASU versus Colorado that is coming this Saturday, 7 p.m. in Sun Devil Stadium. Right now, I believe uh, the. The line uh, for betting is at Devils at seven and a half. It's come down from nine, which makes sense because Devils really don't score that much. They keep every team kind of very close. But again, got a, about a touchdown lead right now in the betting line. All right, well, let's, Caleb, let's get into this. My real concern with this game, something we saw a little bit last year, was every time ASU got a taste of success, they followed it up with a loss and yep. a, a pretty bad loss. You know, one that does they come did to it mind. In basketball and they did it in football. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, one that comes to mind is just like last year after that Michigan State win, kind of a good statement win for the team, a very disappointing loss against San Diego State. And Colorado is at the bottom half of our Pac 12 rankings. Again, they're a good team, they're not a great team. This is a game that the Devils should win, it's at home. Saturday primetime coming off this win stadium should be packed. It should be loud. There should be no reason why they lose this game Really, there's only the only reason I see is because something that they didn't handle well last year and that was success. Yeah Yeah um, I mean, I, I, I have my concerns um, Because I think especially they've been playing every team so close, right? But I feel like they're bound to break that as far as like playing close games. So I'm thinking that they actually can get a secure win on this one. And, uh, and you know, I, I have my concerns about them following up the big win, but I think they maybe learned their mistake from last year. I mean, I, I would hope. Yeah. I mean, we'll I, see, but I hope. I mean, they were. Uh, <laughs> They were, the so, they were so young last year, and they're still young this year, yeah. but it's young players that a lot of them were there when that happened right. last year, where right. they had True. a taste of success, and then they just failed the next week. Yeah. And so I think that they will be motivated to make a statement in this game to say, hey, we're, we're not messing around this year. Like, we, we're legit. We can win these games against good teams. We can win these yeah. games against conference opponents. We can win them against, you know, Kent State, Sacramento State. Um, I think they want to come out and make a statement in this game. And so I'm actually picking them to win. I say big, but when I say big, I don't mean like a blowout, but I think like a secure win, like a good two scores okay. where we aren't going to feel like they're in danger the whole game. They're going to feel like they are in the driver's seat. Um, that's kind of what I'm feeling right now. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of the same way. You know, last year our secondary was still um, – you know, not the best. Gave up a lot. And I'd be the only other concern I have is their wide receiver, Chenault. I, I completely, I'm biffing on his name here, but um, I'm going to get that right in a second. He scored four touchdowns against us last year. That's that's nuts. That is a lot. <laughs> um, that's more than we've scored all season. 
absolutely it is more than we scored all season <laughs> but um no and our secondary is better this year you know we've kind of shored that up a little bit um but overall, uh, let's see, LaVisca Chenault Jr. Oh, see, I do have his last name correct. Yeah, yeah not bad. I did pretty good offhand. But, um, yeah, I would say that would be our only concern is if he hurts us um, like he did last year. But I believe in our secondary a lot more this year than I did last year, and that's really their only threat is the long ball. Um, yeah, score-wise, I'm thinking, just because we don't score that many points, I'm thinking, like, I'm probably going to keep it a little bit closer. I'm going to say like 17-10. I'm going to go right underneath uh, the line. Um, so I, I'm picking Colorado to cover, but they're not winning. They okay. shouldn't. Yeah, that's fair. We'll see. And again, it's how does how do the Devils handle success? Another big statement win here. How do you follow it up? I guess we'll see. Um, but I, I think um, hopefully um, I'm kind of pulling that they do. And I think this could be, and again, it's, it's just all foundational work. And you, you got that momentum clinching win. It's what do you do with it? Do you, is this a, a season that's an eight and four season where we kind of at the end think like, you know, this was a good step in the right direction. Right now, they could take it to, holy crap, this team, we're playing, in, we're playing against Oregon in the Pac-12 championship. Oh, my God. We, we yeah. did not see this coming. I think this is a, a telltale game to see where this where they want this season to go. Is it just a successful season, or is it a, a statement season that gets us you know, moving down the right stretch to be able to finally recruit the way we want to and be up in that top third of the Pac-12 consistently? Yeah, this game will be telling if they can uh, have success and maintain it. And uh, and if so, they could have a really good season. Uh, I, I'm picking them to win this one. Uh, I'm saying 23 to 13. Okay. I think uh, I think Colorado scores a late touchdown in the game, gotcha. like a fourth quarter touchdown. Gotcha. Okay. But I think Arizona State will be in the driver's seat. You know, it'll probably be like 20 to six. Then they'll score a touchdown. Then Arizona State maybe kicks another field goal and kind of seals the game right there. But awesome. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, so. When I said win big, yeah, obviously I didn't mean very big, but yeah, a, a, a good, a, a, win. Good, a, good, a win good, solid win. It won't look bad. Yeah, no. it's not going to take years off my life. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough, guys. Well, you're here to hear. This time, this week, we're picking the Devils to win, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> we should have some... kept with the train of picking them to lose. <laughs> There'll be some walk-off interview oh, of Chase Lucas going, heck yeah, you guys picked us to win. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, Caleb, let's uh, let's wrap it up there. Uh, we've talked about a lot this this podcast, but guys, thank you so much for listening at home. As always, we really do appreciate it. Um, I'm, we're starting to see our viewership grow a little bit, which is awesome. So again, tell your friends and stuff if you liked it, share it. You know, leave us uh, a review, five star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, Overcast, what what you name it, whatever podcast you listen to, we're on it. So follow us there. Also, follow us on our official social media accounts. I run the Instagram page that's at Sparky underscore Talks. Find us there, Caleb. You handle the Twitter, and we're at the same hand, the the same handle, right? Yes. At Sparky underscore talks again. So follow us there. That way you see when we post stuff, and, and you know that way you don't miss an episode um, or anything like that. But um, 
Caleb, as always, thanks for joining me today. That was fun. Yeah, had a lot of fun. And uh, seriously, guys, like we appreciate it. We uh, like the feedback, so definitely follow us on social media. It's a uh, pretty good follow. I mean, uh, the season's getting interesting, so it's going to get Absolutely. more interesting as it goes on. But, yeah, uh, talk to you guys later. Forks up.